we're coming to our penultimate uh, sermon or service in the series One Another. And we've journeyed from love one another, honour one another, teach one another, pray one another, serve one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens. And this week we're looking at forgive one another. And on this Remembrance Sunday, you may have seen these little crosses. And it says, in remembrance, and quite often on gravestones it might, may say, in remembrance. I want us to remember some things this morning and to be reminded for things to be brought into the forefront of our minds, for God to minister to us there and for us to move forwards with him. We remember those who've died in the uh, different world wars and conflicts since, people who have given their lives for peace. And I hope, well actually no, I already know God has been speaking to people and reminding them, reminding us, how great he is and what he thinks of each of you, whether you know him well or whether you are journeying to get to know him. And I believe God wants to remind us this morning of his great forgiveness of us through Jesus, his son, and to have that fresh understanding not just in our heads but um, flowing through our, our whole bodies and beings and it impacts our lives but I also believe that God by his Holy Spirit this morning is going to remind us of people situations where you have been wronged or disappointed in someone. I believe the Holy Spirit is already doing that. As soon as I said forgive one another a few moments ago, something or someone is coming to your mind. Maybe you want to jot it down, or maybe it's so, uh, you don't want to write it down because someone may find that piece of paper. But I believe God is going to remind us of people this morning, bring people to our minds that he wants us to release in forgiveness. So when we think of forgive one another, when we look at scripture, it isn't just going to be a theoretical thing, but this will be a releasing ministry by his spirit this morning. And I want to honor people, not by name, but people that I have ministered to or with or walked alongside over the last eight years as a pastor here and are still walking alongside some who for this, this is a battle. This is real. And they have wept. And time and time again, they've gone, God, I forgive them. Give me strength to forgive them some more. Because it hurts. And people have hurt each other. And I thought that this was theoretical for me because I thought, oh God, I've forgiven everyone. I don't have anything against anyone else. But God wanted to speak to me this morning about this and make it real for me because I had held something against uh, some people who I was so disappointed in. And this morning as I prayed, God said, forgive them. Forgive them afresh. Release them. Because although it wasn't against you, you were disappointed and hurt because of what they had done. And it, I sense God say to me, just release them, forgive them. 
So that's what I've done this morning and I will keep on doing as that, those people come to mind. So can you go with me on a journey this morning as we explore forgiving one another? As we're reminded of God's great grace and forgiveness of us. As we remember, not just uh, through a moment of silence, but also as a village this, this afternoon, we remember those who've given their lives, who've laid something down for freedom. And it's that laying down something for freedom that I think is a theme that is helpful for us to understand forgiveness. God, help us by your Holy Spirit to remember this morning. And as you bring people to mind and situations to mind, minister your wonderful grace and bring your release and freedom and flourishing to each of us. Help us to forgive and to know how you have forgiven us. Amen. What is forgiveness? How would you describe it to someone? If someone asked you, yeah, Christianity, there's, there's a whole load of forgiveness. You should forgive as a Christian. How would you explain it to someone? What words would you use? So often... We ask questions in sermons and things like that, and then we don't give people time to have a think. So I'm just going to give you a moment to think how you would answer this question. Maybe you want to note it down. Put it in your phone or, or tablet or write it on a piece of paper. How would you describe forgiveness? we're to forgive someone we need to know what it is our passage for this morning one key verse verse 13 from Colossians chapter 3 is on the screen you can find it in your Bibles in the New Testament and and Paul who's writing to a church um, in the equivalent of modern day Turkey uh, wrote these words and and in chapter 3 and the first 7 or or 8 verses of chapter 4 he's encouraging them and spurring them on to not just have an understanding of what Jesus has done but to allow it to impact every aspect of their lives and he reminds them remember that theme of remembering he reminds them who they are because of Jesus and then instructs them or encourages them how to live their lives as a result In verses 1, 2, and 3, he reminds them that um, because of Jesus we have died, but now we are alive with him. Our old life is laid down, and Jesus has given us a new life, a fresh start. And we should live our lives different uh, to how we lived them before we met Jesus. And then these verses, um, they're not up there for you, they're behind me or in your, your paper Bibles. Verse 12, therefore... As God's chosen people, this is another reminder from Paul, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. He reminds them who they are. 
We've sung, and, and as um, the group sang for us and led us in worship, I'm sure you were reminded or taught who we can be and who we are because of Jesus. God calls us chosen. He declares us holy if we have accepted his, uh, his salvation gift. He um, has dear love towards us. That's in verse 12. Be reminded of that. And as a result, we're to uh, live our lives differently, to, to put on uh, some clothes, verse 12, uh, of compassion and kindness and things. But then verse 13, to bear with each other and forgive one another. Paul doesn't say, in the church, you're not going to need to forgive one another because in the church, everyone is perfect. Thankfully, he doesn't say that. Paul is real. He knows that probably within a biological family and within a church family, there will be times, even in a year, that you would have been wound up or frustrated or hurt by someone else within that biological family or church family. Is it just me? Or are there others? Don't look at the person at the moment. But it might be that um, as you think that there's someone actually in this church family, in this room now, or in your biological family, or a close friend, that you've got to bear with them because you know that they're going to mess up again, possibly or probably. We're going to, we're going to mess up. We're going to irritate and frustrate uh, one another. We're going to try not to, but he says bear with one another. And then um, leads into uh, an instruction, an encouragement to forgive any of you that has a grievance against someone. Uh, to, to, to forgive one another um, if anyone has done a, a, an offence against um, someone. Now, in this passage, it doesn't explain exactly what forgiveness is. Through reading different books, including Jim Graham's book on forgiveness. Anyone read that book? Um, it's out of print now. If you want to borrow a copy, I have one copy you can borrow it and then pass it around and things like that. It's a really good book on forgiveness. Um, a lot of the things that I'm going to share this morning um, is, is influenced by that book. But it's even more influenced by the Bible, which is a good thing. And it's also influenced by different blogs or, or articles online. There's a, an article, um, I can give you the, the, the link to it if you'd like it afterwards. Um, it's Truth Applied. I can't remember the, the full thing. I've got it written down. But truth applied, it, it goes through some really helpful things about forgiveness and what it is and what it isn't. And we're going to unpack some of these things uh, in, a, in a moment. But as I've gone through those things and as I've personally journeyed and pastorally journeyed with people, as I've prayed, this is a definition that I find really helpful. Forgiveness is a conscious deliberate decision it's not just a feeling I've forgiven them it's a decision of the mind to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness it's your choice and it impacts you it will impact them hopefully as well but it impacts you and you have the power the ability the decision to make whether you forgive someone or not, whether you release them or not. It's an intentional decision. Corrie ten Boom, 
Sorry, if you want a copy of the slides, I, I saw some people, um, I can email me and I'll, I'll forward them through. Okay, I know some people will find, find them helpful for life groups and things um, this week. Corrie ten Boom was someone who needed to learn. She knew theoretically what it was to forgive, but she needed to learn what it was really. Because Corrie, a number of you will, will know her story um, and if you come to the Alpha course or bring someone to the Alpha course, you'll hear a bit more in one of the, the, the week's videos. She shares a story of how, um, after being sent to the concentration camp because someone had betrayed her and her family because they'd been hiding um, over 800 uh, Jews, um, and um, not at one time, but they'd saved nearly 800 lives during the Second World War. And someone had betrayed them. They'd gone to a concentration camp, and the hatred... And the, um, the humiliation, just the horrid um, aspects that were thrown towards them and, and the way that they were treated, she needed to no learn how to forgive. And in that uh, place, God strengthened her and um, gave her the ability to forgive. However, years later, she was speaking at a church and a former guard came up after the, the, the message. And she remembered him. Remembered his face. And it triggered the hurt. And the, the pain. His, her sister was, was killed in the concentration camp. And all of that came up. And the guard asked her for forgiveness. And she had a choice to make. She knew that forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment. She didn't want resentment towards people anymore, towards this person. She didn't want to have her hands chained like in handcuffs. So she knew that she needed to forgive, but she knew it would be hard. She knew that forgiveness is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. So in that moment, God gave her the strength and ability to forgive. In the New Testament, there are five different words translated into English, uh, the English word forgive. One of them um, in the Lord's Prayer is, um, is about not holding something against someone anymore. So um, if, well, I'll hold this again. So if Jackie's done something against me and this is the feeling of resentment, um, uh, sorry, it's like casting something out. I'll, I'll use something different. Okay, wow. Um, so... If this was my feeling of resentment, every time I think of Jackie, I'm, I've got that feeling. And, and the words in the, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, who, um, who trespass or sin against us. It's a releasing them of that. It's a taking away. It's a not holding it against them anymore. We ask God not to hold our sins against us as we forgive those, as we don't hold the feelings of resentment or hatred or anger or, or hurt against them anymore. So when they come to mind, we don't have that in the forefront of our minds. The word, though, in this passage, in Colossians chapter 3, is this Greek word. And the root of it is grace. And it's gracious forgiveness, undeserved, unmerited forgiveness um, pronounced kaidzome, or so I think it is. 
And it's that free giving, freely giving of forgiveness and release of that person. And, and the, the different words used in the New Testament for forgiveness are needed it to, for us to have a deeper understanding of forgiveness. So it isn't just holding, uh, no longer holding something against them and releasing them from that, but actually it's graciously wanting to bless that person and have goodness in their lives, showing them kindness. An example of this is when we look at Jesus, because this is how he has forgiven us. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave. This is um, taking it to another level, is the things that God has reminded you of, the things that God has put back into your mind or your thinking that he wants you to uh, be ministered to today so that you can release them. Are you thinking that this is going to be hard? Maybe the situations that you're facing or have faced, you can't think of releasing that person or showing favor towards them or kindness towards them. I want to just share briefly um, some things that forgiveness isn't because it's helpful to understand not just what forgiveness is but what it isn't. Forgiveness is not forgetting the 7th century Spanish novelist who came up with the phrase forgive and forget. People know that phrase? It's not in the Bible. And it's really unhelpful. Forgive and forget. The guy had, had the right heart because um, it, it's a removal of, of that, that hurt and that anger or the frustration. It's a removal of it. But if we forget it, we're almost saying it never happened. In the Bible, it talks of God's forgiving, but it never says he forgets. Why? Because, because God cannot forget. If he forgets, he ceases to be all-knowing. What it says in the Bible is that God forgives us our sins and remembers our sins no more. They're not in the forefront of his mind as he thinks of us. He knows that they are dealt with through his son on the cross. So when he thinks of us, he knows what we've done. But he still calls us chosen people, dearly loved, holy, forgiven people. He remembers our sin no more. It's different from forgetting. If we just had forgive and forget, it, it almost denies or approves or diminishes the wrong that has been done against us. And biblical forgiveness is not um, denying or approving or diminishing it, what has been done. Biblical forgiveness is actually dealing with it head on. Forgiveness is not ignoring the wrong done against us. It's intentionally acknowledging and dealing with it. It's, it's saying... The past has happened. I cannot change that. But I have the power and ability. I have the option to change my present by the decision that, decisions that I make today and also be released for the rest of my life and have my future changed as a result of what I say with Jesus today. I cannot change the past, but we can change the present and the future as a result of forgiveness. It's not inviting or enabling continued sin against you. Forgiveness um, is, is not saying um, that they can carry on doing it. It's not making us a carpet or, or a kind of doormat to keep on being walked over. But it is making that choice 
to be out, to release that other person um, in, um, from everything that we held against them. It's not an ignoring emotions or dying emotionally. I, I can send these through if, uh, if you'd find them helpful. It's not uh, a one-time event, and it's not reconciliation. We sometimes get it wrong or, or misunderstand that if we forgive someone, we're reconciled to them. We're not. We've made the decision to forgive them. But for reconciliation to happen, they need to repent. And repenting in, in Scripture is stopping what, what we're doing and turning around. It's a changing of our minds. It's uh, the, the metanoia is the word re- repentance. It's a stopping and a changing of our mind and direction. For reconciliation to take place between two people, you need forgiveness and you need repentance. And reconciliation happens. And we can see that in our uh, understanding of what Jesus did. And and he calls us to turn back to him and to no longer live um, in the way that we used to live, but be championed on to living his way. It's not a one-time event it can be, but quite often what I've found is um, personally and also pastorally is when someone has forgiven someone, there are sometimes triggers that remind them of the hurt that someone has caused. It could be a meal that's cooked or a song that is, is played. It might be that today someone that God has brought to your mind is a parent that you, you need to forgive them for whatever happened or, or um, a spouse or, or whatever and there are triggers of the hurt and, and you may have forgiven them but oh it's triggered again the one, forgiveness is not just a one time event because we remember that we've forgiven them and we say God I forgave them on the 14th of November 2021 And I can go back to that date because I remember it. I might have written it down. And when that trigger comes, we can go back to the date, but also we can say, help me to release them again. Release them afresh. I pray your blessing on them, your goodness towards them. They may not deserve it. It's gracious forgiveness. Forgiveness is not neglecting justice. If someone has committed a crime, a proper crime, they still need to go to prison. To use the, the example, if someone has um, um, been abused, the person who's um, the victim can have forgiveness for the other person, release them, but the abuser should still have justice. Uh, done to them as it were and they should still go to prison it's not saying oh no he's forgiven so that's okay forgiveness is not weakness Mahatma Gandhi uh, said that forgiveness is not uh, for the weak but it it is an attribute of the strong and you may feel this morning I cannot forgive I'm feeling too weak let God remind you of his strength and who he is. Forgiveness may feel or seem impossible, 
but it is not impossible, but it may feel that way. Let's go back to that passage in uh, Colossians chapter 3, where Paul writes, bear with one another, forgive one another. And in this, these verse, in this verse, um, I want to just suggest that uh, forgiveness of one another is to be unlimited. There are no boundaries. Paul doesn't write, um, forgive those who um, are easy to forgive. Or if they've done this, this, and this, it's okay, you can forgive them. But if they've done this, and this, and this, don't, don't forgive them. Paul says, really, if anyone, has, <coughs> if anyone has offended you, forgive them. In the New Living Translation, that's how it says, um, forgive anyone who offends you. So our forgiveness of one another is to be unlimited in that we forgive anyone. And we're to forgive anything. This is where it may get even harder. Paul doesn't list off the, the, the things that we should forgive and, and, and not forgive. The only f- sin or wrong that is unforgivable in Scripture is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's a talk for another day, a conversation over coffee, possibly. But Paul isn't talking about that today or then. He's saying, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, he doesn't specify or clarify. He just says, forgive anyone, forgive anything. And we learn from Luke chapter 17, verse 4, where Jesus is asked, how many times should we forgive someone? We should keep on forgiving any amount. Keep on forgiving, keep on forgiving, keep on forgiving. That's not to say that we put ourselves in a position or we, we keep ourselves in a position where they could keep on doing the thing against us. That could be unwise. But we are to keep on forgiving and releasing the feelings of hatred or hurt or anger towards them. So where, where does the, the strength come from to do this kind of forgiveness? Well, the second part of that verse is to forgive as the Lord forgave you. It needs to come from being reminded of God's great forgiveness for us in remembrance. In remembrance of Jesus who offers forgiveness, unlimited forgiveness, regardless of what we have done, regardless of who we are, or the offense that we have committed against God or against others, there is forgiveness from Jesus. Grace is offered. Regardless of the number of times we've committed it, grace is forgiven because God remembers our sin no more. And when he thinks of us, in the forefront of his mind, he thinks beloved. He, he thinks my child, chosen one, chosen people, dearly loved. Declared holy because of what Jesus has done. And this morning I want to just read some verses to remind us, to help us remember God's forgiveness of us. Jeremiah 31 verse 34, it's repeated twice in Hebrews, once in Isaiah and a few other places, that God will forgive their wickedness, our sin, and will, will remember their sins no more. I wonder who needs to be reminded of that this morning. Maybe you come before God in prayer and there's this unspoken thing that you know that you've brought it to God before but it just keeps on coming up in your mind. Has he forgiven me? Has he not? Does, does he think bad of me because of that? Allow God's Holy Spirit to use this verse to minister to you. 
And the next verse from Psalm 103, verse 12, that God has taken our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. That's how far he's removed our transgressions. It's no longer held against us. It's removed from us. And then there's this beautiful passage in Micah where Micah, um, the the prophet, uh, kind of overflows something about God's. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity or sin and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. This is God's heart towards us. He will again have compassion on us and he will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Now, it's as if if this was um, our sin it's as if God kind of rips up our sins. They're no longer held against us, um, but they're trampled under his feet. But then what he does is he plunges them into the depths of the ocean. And then maybe you've heard before uh, talks on this passage where he plunges them to the depths of the ocean and then puts a sign saying, no fishing. They're dealt with. I remember them no more. Before we can forgive one another, and as we forgive others, we need to be reminded and have proclaimed to us the forgiveness Jesus offers us. This verse from, uh, verses from Acts chapter 13 remind us of the unmerited forgiveness that Jesus has shown towards us, the charisma, um, the grace uh, that he shows us, showing favor and kindness. Not just releasing us from our sin, but showing us kindness uh, towards us. He says, therefore, my friends, I want you to know, and this is my heart this morning as well. I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. That you know that you can be forgiven. And that you are forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Allow God's Holy Spirit to remind you of that this morning. And through him, anyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification that you're not able to obtain under the law of Moses. You cannot do this fully by yourself. You need God and his help. And as a pastor in this church, I want people to be free. I want people to flourish. Why? Because as I pray and as I read scripture, I believe that's what God wants for us. And you cannot be free and you cannot be, uh, be able to flourish carrying around weights that weigh you down holding on to the hurt and the pain that people have done against you. This morning, as God prompts you, lay it at his feet afresh. Put the person or people or situation again at his feet and invite God by his spirit to minister to you, to help you have the strength to to, to forgive If we leave um, things or hold on to things, they will fester. I don't know whether you've left a wound to fester. Hopefully none of us have. (laughs) Because it gets messy and causes more problems. It's the same when we do not release someone in forgiveness. It permeates different aspects of our lives and holds us back. So this morning, I want us to respond to God and what he is calling us to do in forgiving one another.
It might be that you have um, forgiven people already. I thought I had. But as I sat and asked God to open in my mind anyone who I have held something against them, he highlighted them straight away. So would you do that this morning and allow God's spirit to minister there? Can I invite Kirsty and, and the band to, to come up as we respond to what Jesus has been saying? God, thank you for forgiveness through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you that you no longer hold our sin against us, but you release us from our sin. We, we're set free from that burden. And God, by your spirit, enable us to release others. For those of us who have people in our past who have hurt us, but they've already died, enable us to release them in forgiveness. And we can't say that to them anymore. We can't say to them that they're forgiven or anything, but we can still bring them before you. And I pray that you'll help us to do that. For those of us who've held on to the hurt for so long, and we want to get rid of it, but we just struggle, and it's hard. By your Holy Spirit, release Give us love where there was hurt. Give us the ability to forgive and not to hold on to that hurt or pain anymore. And help us as a church family to be a forgiving community. I thank you that, that you have led us in that way for so, so many years and you continue to champion us on to more so that we are an increasingly beautiful representation of your heart. Remind us of the forgiveness that you have given us through Jesus. And give us the strength by your spirit to forgive others today. Amen.